whether a side hustle or full-time entrepreneurship plays a greater part in wealth creation. So each week on Entrepreneurs on the Spot, we bring you entrepreneurs and leaders in various fields who are changing lives and they share with us how they're doing it, their process, some of the obstacles they're facing. We believe Entrepreneurs on the Spot will take you on a journey of doing business worth listening to. Welcome everyone that is following us this afternoon. Uh, today again we are back in our Entrepreneurs on the Sport show and today is going to be another beautiful discussion here. Now as we have always said that there are things that sometimes don't need really professors, some educated people to give us a better understanding of because we really realize that we have got great minds in our communities. There are people who are changing lives of people that can make us understand their process in better understanding than most of the professors who do. Today joining us is uh, Mr. Buambale Gilbert. He's a diplomat turned a businessman. He tells me as now is not more of a diplomat anymore. He's a married man to one wife and to a young, beautiful. Uh, Mr. Gilbert, you're welcome to this show. Thank you, Francis. Thank you so much. We are so glad to have you here. Uh, we have always heard about you, about the projects you're actually holding. But what interested me much was, you know, how it just came about like you, you know, from a diplomat and then from that you immediately shifted everything you are now into business and you're absorbed. What can you tell us about that? What really got you to do that? Yeah, well, uh, Francis, thank you. Yes, again, uh, I also want to say hello to my son, but oh, every time I wake up, uh, the happiness in me actually originates from him because every time I look at him wow, wow. in the morning, That's then I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. before we can go on, uh, I want to first speak a little about the project that we are tonight discussing and uh, this is my life career that I have just turned on which is entrepreneurship yes yes and uh, in this uh, we will talk about Harambe 
Harambe. Yeah, so briefly, uh, Harambe is a, is a Kiswahili word, uh, which simply means let's all pull together. Yes, uh, this is one of, of the beautiful chants of the community uh, that when someone mentions it, they will think about, yes, let's come together and do this. So it's something that actually inspired me after really there was a lot that I was seeing was not going was not going on well after mm. the lockdown that was brought in by the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. So then what really inspired you? Because professionally you're a diplomat. So why 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 did you think of changing all this to Arambe? Are there some skill set that uh, uh, interlink be uh, between the two here? Yeah, well, um, uh, I do think uh, that uh, yeah, the education setup of our country, of our nation, uh, sometimes it gives us what sets something that is not connected to life. And, yes, yes. and I believe that when I went to university and, and did diplomacy as a course, Mm. Uh, it was something that I did not out of passion, but maybe because my parents wanted me to be that. Because professionally, uh, my parents being politicians, they wanted me to go on to that line. Now you're saying maybe, uh, like you be sure, did they really force you to go for diplomacy here? Really, they didn't force me to go into diplomacy, but that is a course that my father kept on telling me after oh. uh, high school. I need you to go to campus and then do this. And I actually did that. But when I was at campus, I kept on seeing a lot of open, open opportunities, yes, yes. like entrepreneurship, because I kept on seeing some virtue and seeing the fertile grounds of business. Okay. So in this, I completed, uh, graduated in, in that, in that uh, field. But I had my inner uh, things that kept on pressing me that you can do more than this. But not all are actually not uh, regretting doing in, uh, diplomacy because one in diplomacy we've got negotiation, which is the biggest, actually the basic of the, of, of, of international relations. So actually you're applying now the skills that you learned in diplomacy to this. Exactly. So by, by the way, how did, how did your parent feel if you got to know when he realized that you have left everything to do with diplomacy, you are now full-time into Arambe, Africa. Yeah, like I mentioned uh, actually earlier on that uh, the education sector of our country uh, does not actually produce uh, self-sustaining uh, products okay. yeah, or graduates. So I, I saw that uh, after graduating, then it was upon me to get out and, and hunt for a job. But of course, as you know, to be able to work under or to work or to get employed yes, in yes. any of the missions mm. in, in Uganda or in my country setup, it is not something easy. One, uh, one to actually get an opportunity to be employed in one of the embassies we have in the country, we needed to be first be a son of maybe someone who is known. And to my own making, I wouldn't say that my father is someone who is known to this. But um, of course, if I can uh, go. Uh, is that uh, I kept on seeing uh, me or myself uh, in another uh, image where I saw that I can 
capitalize on the knowledge that I actually acquired in the, in the diplomatic classes. That's negotiation. That is negotiation, which I believe that if you put me here or in the market and you've given me a new product to sell it, then I will be the best sell it. Because I believe that in this world, everything or every life we are living, we are living in a world of negotiation. Because we believe that your thinking is not mm. equally with mine. His thinking are not equal to mine. So for us to be able to live in this world, we just have to learn what the other person wants. And if you're able to learn or to acknowledge what someone appreciates, what they don't like, then you'll be able to negotiate to them or maybe to sell them the product of your own. So, so is it is it like, okay, how did you get to learn about all these realities? Because honestly, I, I agree with you that Sometimes we go into universities and schools to do things that maybe are imposed to us by our parents or maybe the community around. So uh, I just want to know, like, you know, you said that you when you get when you go to the university, just got to know that oh, life is bigger than this. There were entrepreneurship opportunities, but see, what really did it take? Well, let me put it this way, like. How did you come up? What did you really have to involve, to get into, to come up with all these business ideas? Uh, yeah, well, actually, um, since that and, and uh, in 2020, that's when we saw uh, most of the countries uh, getting locked. And uh, me and my friends uh, in the USA, uh, my friends in Uganda, yeah, I personally was looking at uh, the different uh, small-scale enterprises. We are not doing well because one, uh, the economy has had put on on, on lockdown, and uh, I had to cite one of the uh, the sectors in life, which was uh, the visual arts. Yes. And, and here I was able actually to mobilize a group of five artists, and I, I actually thought or had a vision that since these people are no longer or not able to actually sell uh, their paintings or their art. Because uh, when I was interacting with them, I found out that their biggest market of uh, the Ugandan arts work was the tourists. No way. Are you passionate about art or what really drove you? Oh, my, my passion is not art, but my passion was to see that these people or was to create or to mitigate or to come up with a, a solution of how okay, this okay. sector can survive. Okay. But I can tell you that I, for one, I have not done art before. You have not done art, done but, art you love, before, but you love already love, made yes, art. Yes, I love already made okay, art. Okay. And I kept on seeing the, the group of these people that do art uh, people of my age. Uh, most of them have got families, they needed to survive. But when we kept on discussing, they kept on uh, pointing out that uh, when the, the restrictions of travel uh, brought in or ushered in by the pandemic, yes. would not leave them survive. So uh, me and my friends, we came out with uh, this harambe, which we called and named after this program. So we, we, we actually thought that uh, if we can come together and bring these artists together, mm. we'll be able to at least connect them to the international world or to the international world that actually traveled before COVID to come to Uganda to visit the beauty of the country. And on their way to Uganda or on their way back, they would actually 
see this beautiful art and they were able to buy it. But after the lockdown had been imposed, these people were not making any sales. So far, as we came up with this, actually, Harambe is an online uh, art gallery. Okay. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is able to connect someone who has value for art in USA, uh, UK, name it. Are you, are you the first people to do that? Uh, isn't there any other online art exchange kind of platform? Yeah, like? yeah, for that actually in Uganda I've not seen that before. Maybe it has been operating but I've not at least seen it because I've been on the internet and I've not seen, I have at least interacted with the artists themselves and they've told me they've not seen such a okay. surgeon of the kind. So we believed that um, we are, we, we speak actually a language that promotes art and actually acknowledges the value for art. So we, we, we actually saw it that uh, on this very project we shall be able at least to connect, not physically, but we shall be able to connect the buyers or the clients or the interested people or the people that value art to this artist. So we are able actually to publish our arts work on the website, on our social media platforms. I get it. Yes, and when we see or we get clients, someone is able to place their order and we're able to ship it to them. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, so we are, we are going to go for a short commercial break and when we come back, we want to take back this debate. Um, now, actually, I was wondering whether, uh, you know, could this was this your first business? You know, why did you really, because from just did it mean jumping into a business and immediately it has shot now you are covering most of the parts of africa and you have started exporting so when we come back we are going to start right away from there okay thank you back from that short commercial break and uh, here again we are back into our entrepreneurs on the spot show so for those who have just joined us uh, we are here with mr. Buambale Gilbert who is uh, uh, the one of the founders of Arambe Africa as well I was actually wondering whether uh, Arambe Africa was your first business did you ever try any business and fail or this was your first start and immediate luck caught you you immediately like success oh yeah francis uh, this is an interesting one um yeah before me joining uh, harambe or coming up with this harambe project yeah one i had actually had done another business which was a brewery actually we are doing some uh, a production of of spirits and and wines okay and um, we actually got in a shock 
which came out as a result of government uh, putting restrictions of the small scale manufacturers uh, where like, actually government came up with a policy of uh, it uh, collecting the taxes because it had an argument uh, that most of the small manufacturing companies were uh, under declaring their production quality quantities. Yes, yes. So government had to pass a law a policy that they needed to put an electronic stamp in all the manufacturing uh, plants. And uh, before that, as mm. I said, I we were me and my sister-in-law uh, were actually doing that and, and the company was actually known as Habari. We are producing Vera wine, uh, we are producing um, Habari Waraj as a spirit uh, locally made here. And actually before that we had seen some progress on that business, on that production. Yes, yes. Yeah. And um, when the lockdown came up, the, the little savings uh, of the money that we had actually made, uh, we tried uh, securing a few uh, things and, and then government was here to actually also impose this on the taxes on the taxes yes, yes. so we are not able to survive so the only means was for us to auction the business uh, of course we had secured some land where our small plant was put on uh, we had actually also purchased a small van which helped us to ferry this these okay. products to the field yes, yes. but since the lockdown and and the new introduction of these uh, taxes we are no longer able to sustain this business. So uh, okay. this is an, some really sad story to my end. I get it. But I as get an it. entrepreneur, I had not to stay there or to call it an end. I get it. I had to see a way how I can as well have my dream go on. So was that, was that was that the the last one you had? Is there any other business you've ever done yeah that. on uh, on my own as a business that was the last one but uh it was after actually a few months that i joined my uncle who was actually in tourism that was in 2000 and late to late 2019 and actually called me on board and i was actually made a fleet administrator of uh Renzori safaris oh that was good yeah so as we worked i was there for a period of uh uh six yeah close to six months then that's when COVID 19 hit the world and and all the trips that we had the bookings we had were all down so i did not just only jump into uh the arts first of all when i was in tourism i, get I had actually brought clients who bought uh the artist to work so me joining or coming up with Harambe was not just a mistake or that I saw. I had actually first seen the business or the transaction or the value of art because every people or every client we had at Renzori Safaris, yes, when yes. I was a tour guide, when I was a tour driver, I had witnessed this business. I had witnessed uh, the, the tourists getting in Uganda and on their way back they actually were interested they in would taking the yeah, art. Okay. were interested in buying this art. So it means so, actually you studied, you surveyed well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so it. when uh, lockdown was imposed, there was no more travels. Yeah, for us as, as safaris, we had actually cancelled all the bookings. So I saw there was now a huge 
a huge uh, space left for us. Uh, Harambe no more, so I mean, uh, safaris no more, no more operations. So when I also came to visit the artists, all these people in Entebbe, I saw they were really suffering because they had no clients to sell to their art. So, so that is what kicked my interest in or my Harambe. yes in Harambe. Okay, but then before you go ahead, like, uh, have you ever felt like giving up? Because when you tell me uh, about two of your uh, okay, what you are involved in as business, they failed. One out because of the taxes and the rest. Now, haven't you ever thought of uh, just giving up? Because such feelings, by the way, they are, they are normal. They are normal to people. How did you feel when you were in such a moment where things were going like that? Oh, yeah. You see, as a young man growing, I grew up in a simple village. And one of the things we had as, as, as the youths or the young boys, yes. we actually grew up uh, knowing that in life, there shall always be corners, there shall always be hurdles, and uh, not all we want shall always come on as on, on a silver plate. Sure, we yes, shall yes, always yes, go yes. through struggles, and it is upon those struggles that will keep us see success. True, so, true. yeah, actually, even in my Christian life, I do believe that suffering is not the end. Yeah, sometimes true. one door can close today, and there shall be always two or more doors open for us. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so beautiful, and and I imagine any uh, young person listening to us out there, because you are another young person telling them this, and not from the perspective of just reading it, but you have went through, you have actually gone through this life, exactly. and it is a life actually you're telling us. Now maybe let's go back into Aramba Africa. Aramba Africa, you told us that uh, it is a Kiswahili word that means... Uh, let's, let, let's all pull together. Let's pull together. Let's come together. So exactly. what does that mean generally? Like, what is your plan? What is the general perspective? Let's all come together. What are you trying to bring together here? Oh, that, yeah. Yes. What we're trying to pull here is that I believe that uh, from the different artists that I've actually interacted with, uh, these different artists have gotten different uh, talents. Yeah, in, in art or in visual arts, we've got different um, areas. We've, we have uh, actually painting, uh, we've gotten uh, the actually different. So I, I believe that if I have someone who is good at human figure, there shall always be another one who is good in, in the animal or wildlife. Yeah, so we are trying to diversify in that if we have someone who can do us this very good portrait or this abstract, there can be another one who is good in this. So for us in doing this, uh, I, I, I very much believed that when you're always many, you can always keep the ideas grow because if someone is good at this, the other one can be good at this. So for myself, at least I'm good at mobilizing, I'm good okay. at fundraising, okay. I'm good at marketing. So I can at least market this project. So okay. for the for the artist, their work is to come up with um, ideas and then have to transform that idea on covers and have okay. a finish. So that finish. is bringing together That's people bringing, of the diverse yeah. skills to work together. I get it. So are there some other, maybe, okay, probably you'd be, would be here and there are people out there 
uh, would want to get something to do and uh, do you have some opportunities that you are currently offering at Arambe? I know that would be a very good news to many young people and lockdown because Arambe is working. Even I see you're making sales going on. Are there some opportunities that currently are available? Yeah, well, uh, for the, op the opening opportunities right now is that we want to actually uh, register more 20 artists to join our our league okay yeah because right now if you can go on our site or our website you'll be able to see that harambe is a group of five artists but as as i speak uh, we are yet to actually put out an advert calling for more 20 fresh or new artists to join us but okay. away from Thank that you. one in, in addition to that mm. our mission as harambe.africa yes is to create an arts hub that will be able to link uh, all the different African countries into one umbrella. So we believe that as time goes on or as we proceed and have progress, we shall be able to assign or to mark or to amalg all the different countries. How are you going to do that? Will you open branches in, in Kenya, in Nigeria? How are you going to do that? Yeah, like I said, that Harambe is not um, the usual uh, Art gallery you've seen, but Harambe is an online or a virtual uh, gallery where if we come or we are able or when we when time comes mm. and we want to assign or want to register the artist in Kenya, yes. it's just it's just going to be as simple as calling or making a phone call to Kenya. So we shall be able to get those artists, have them send us their work and, and their description of their different stories. Okay, wait. You and first, we shall be able to publish You them first the register them. Yeah, we'll with be able you, to first register them online. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. then they become part of you. Yeah, they will become part Is of you. Is there us. some contract they sign? Yeah, uh, yeah. for now we've not uh, had that, but okay. I, I do believe that in the subsequent times and progresses we'll be having, okay. we'll also think that way. But okay. for now, as I can say, is that very soon we are enrolling the next uh, program where we have to register the 20 more artists. Okay, on, yeah, I think that's project. a very good news to... Like, <laughs> what do you mean by that exchange? What is really being exchanged here? Oh. I don't get it. Is it currency for the art or there is something else being exchanged? Yeah, well, uh, as, as you talk about Harambe African Art Exchange, uh, simply we are meaning uh, people who have value for art, people who see value in art. So for the market we have in Uganda, I would not say that we have gotten that good market. So if you are actually able to manage to sell a piece in Uganda, yes, you'll yes. find that uh, the, the highest the piece can go is only 100 US dollars. But I can tell you that for an artist to come up with a painting, both emotional and, 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 and that the materials that we put or the time that we spend coming up with that yes, painting, yes. it is worth more than 100, 100 US dollars. So we find it much easier or much mm. bigger to sell our art to the outside people who at least have value for art. Mm. So yes. our art is, I can say solely, goes for the international world. Oh, it's the value for art. I get it, yeah. I get it, I get it. Okay, fine. Let's just go for some short commercial break and then we shall come back for the last segment of this episode.
segment now uh mr gilbert you know there's there's actually one thing that always puzzles me here uh in 2015 a uk-based company uh ranked countries and uh uganda as a country that you are doing your business in arambe africa was ranked as the most entrepreneurial country in the world Actually, it was said that 28.1% of the people in Uganda are entrepreneurs. Now, that's a very big number. Very, very big number. Over millions. But the same country that has millions of its people uh, as entrepreneurs is again ranking somewhere high with the highest number of unemployed people now to me definitely that doesn't make sense to me because i would imagine if we have more entrepreneurs entrepreneurs who think of employing people but at the same time telling me that there are more unemployed people in a country that is ranking high you know as the most entrepreneur country doesn't make sense now i've been wondering what does arambe africa come in here with what new strategy probably did you do you see do you see a, uh, how people are doing their business or maybe you're doing it simply the same way they are doing theirs what new thing if we have a problem of unemployment does arambe come in to solve that in any way let me get your submission on that yeah thank you francis um I'm not surprised or when a certain company from US or from wherever it may come from uh, mention out or according to their research that mm. Uganda has uh, the biggest number of entrepreneurs. That's not a surprise to me. Because, uh, <laughs> Why? Yeah, this is yes. not surprised. Mm. Uh, one, the startups or the number of startups in my country or in, in Africa, if I may take it in a whole, Yes, yes. Is that uh, is, is always high or is always up. But the rate at which these businesses can survive or can be sustained is not easy. So for my case, and, and the challenges I've seen, which I still see challenges happening, is the policies or the framing of the policies, uh, okay. especially the economic um, policies in, in, in the African countries especially my country, Uganda. Uh, this is where you've seen uh, uh, the, the devastations ushered in by COVID-19, where we have to work from home or where we have to resort to e-commerce. But you still see certain countries like mine uh, slapping some huge taxes 
on, on, the, on the big on the biggest not on not on businesses but on the biggest uh aspect of facilitation of these businesses in this case i'm talking about data okay, yeah, okay. yes e- yes businesses yes so when you still see uh policy makers coming up with huge uh tax increment or tax like the ott on on on, on yeah. data mm. this is where right now as i speak Uganda just passed a new law, a new policy on data, and and this is a twelve twelve percent on 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 the data being purchased in Uganda, and you know that now to someone like me or someone who is in my footstep, who is doing an e-business as a startup, they cannot sustain this business because the the, the operation cost is going to be high. First of all, the, the sales are going to be minimal. Because the rate at which you are you're on internet or you're accessing internet will not favor you because the data is expensive. Again, so yeah, exactly, yeah. this is one of the aspects that has killed many businesses, uh, many right. businesses oh. in the country. Okay, I, I actually get that. So, uh, but then, but then, uh, this actually happened. This happened in 2015, and uh, even before, before the OTT thing businesses then maybe uh maybe they have been dying before that so do you think it is only ott and the other policies and if there are other policies apart from this tax levied on uh, you know concerning the e-businesses could you maybe paint some light uh, about what other challenges would these businesses that are really small, the small and medium-sized businesses. What challenges could they be going through, apart from the taxes that are for this online, the e-commerce stuff? Oh, well, uh, apart from that, uh, there is also this aspect which we, have, we also have to pay much attention on, and this goes to the national budget. As I can tell you that most of the developed world, we have acknowledged uh, the, the startups or the young entrepreneurs where you will find uh, countries like USA, yes, yes. countries like Kenya. You see in Uganda, I always give an example of Kenya, yes, yes. which has gotten some good development on its young youth. Actually, a certain good percentage on the national budget allocation is given, is given to the youth or to the young entrepreneur startups. And if my country can do that, trust me, uh, we've seen some uh, multinational companies or international companies or uh, com- coming in Uganda. Yes, uh, yes. These countries have, have been exempted from paying taxes for a period of uh, more than five years. And I believe that if the same government that gives tax avenues and holidays to these companies, if it can do the same to these young startups, trust me, then these businesses can collapse. And again, if uh, still the same government can acknowledge the value or the value of entrepreneurs and the value of the young people true, in, true. in the national development uh, program, then trust me, we wouldn't have these uh, young, uh, small-scale uh, enterprises uh, collapsing. So okay. it's just a matter of uh, uh, policy makers coming together and sit down with the youths I get it. and mitigate or find a way how this can be handled. Because trust me, if you've gotten a problem and you know the challenge, it is mm. always easy to come up with an antidote. So now that we know that most of the African or most of our startups 
have been collapsing on the way and the challenge I've cited a few of them. So if we can be able to address these challenges, trust me, you will see all the businesses rising and uh, the, the so-called uh, unemployment a high rate in Uganda will be no more. Okay, okay. So as we as we get to our last, the last part of our uh, this segment, uh, let's just imagine I give you some magical phone right now and you just call any young person out there. Uh, what would be your message to them? What kind of encouragement would you give to a young person out there? Yeah, one actually, uh, something I can do is give them my life example. I would actually tell them that uh, to start up, you don't need to have thousands. You don't have to have a lot of dollars or shillings on your bank account. Only what you have to have is that dream or that project or that a small dream you're working on or you're sleeping on to actually start up with the little you have for you to be able to start up you don't need all the money all you need is that dream keeping it live and when you keep on saying i will do this trust me if you have that little uh, dream you can even start in the compound of your dad of your home again and, and, yeah. and now yeah. that we've been we have access to internet so I do think that the sky is not even the limit. We shall even surpass the sky. I get it. Because there is nothing that starts big. Everything starts small. Okay, okay. So that's what I can tell them. Oh, check their website. And to our listeners out there, as we close this segment, as we told you before, we shall give you weekly dose of entrepreneurs on the spot where we bring to you experts and business leaders in all aspects. Then they share with you their processes now let's meet again next week bye bye